Captain on deck. Greetings from inside the Simulacra. We got uh, Captain Hicks here, and I want to get you ready for a little something. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before on a podcast. Do, 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 do. Welcome to Star Trek. Now, I'm doing Star Trek because, see, one of my my favorite YouTubers, a uh, guy named Chris Gore, he's 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 uh, he's he's one of my faves. Really good reviewer of movies and stuff. He's second best to me. And uh, he he was talking about Star Trek Continues, and so I got on this Star Trek Continues deal, and which is fan it's it's um fans who made episodes of Star Trek. So there was this guy uh, Vic uh, Miganaga, and he he uh, gosh Miganaga he did a, such a good job. He was Captain Kirk. He played Captain Kirk. He did such a good job playing Captain Kirk, and uh, they had a whole crew around it. Uh, you know. Um, Actually, Gregory Peck's son played Spock, and James Doolin's son played Scotty. So uh, I'm 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 off. The Gregory Peck's son is from from uh, Strange New Worlds, but uh, really good guy that played Spock, and it was just a really good good fan fiction, and I was really impressed with. Just the production for fans to do something like this. So I had watched a couple, but Chris Gore said, oh, he just got his DVD on Star Trek Continues. So then I went in and I I watched some of the ones I had watched before and I remembered how much I liked it. But it was so good to blast all 12 episodes of Star Trek Continues, which did such a good job and such a good uh, finale to segue right into the Star Trek movie. So I, I was really, really impressed with all that. So then I thought, you know, I got to, after doing that, I thought, you know, I got to watch the original series. And I hadn't done it in years. And uh, I, unbeknownst to me, on Paramount Plus, they had, um, well, the, the episodes were... Uh, digitally remastered in 2008, so I had not seen it when it went from film to digital, and then they did they updated all the special effects. So I thought, you know, this will be fun. This will be fun. So I really, so I spent the month of December watching Star Trek. I watched all 80 episodes, and it was so delightful. Uh, such good storytelling. I also had a thing about, um, there was a book I read a while ago by a guy named Peter Lavinda, uh, and, uh, Lavinda, yeah, Peter Lavinda, and he wrote this book called Sinister Forces, and in that book, he goes into this whole concept of the nine where there was these uh, nine individuals that were doing, um, they were channeling, right? And they were channeling this information, kind of like the Thule Society, if anybody knows the Thule Society, but just kind of like the um, 
the pre-Nazi cult, the, the Thule Society, the Vril Society, all that tied in where they were doing these channeling seances. So there was this group, uh, Andrea Pularich was the head of that group and Pularic, Pularic, that's right. And supposedly in this group that they, and they were coming up with a lot of the same information that came in law of one. I know I'm, I'm getting in all these different areas, but one of the things they, they, they were channeling these, these beings and they talked about having a, um, a galactic federation. Okay. And a lot of other high strangeness stuff. That's a whole nother topic, but Gene Roddenberry was supposedly part of this group. Not the original nine people that were channeling with Plurich, but um, which those were heavy hitters. But I think Roddenberry came in after that. And he, he had been an actor and he had been, a, I'm sorry, he had been, a, you know, he, he wrote, um, he was writing scripts in, for television. Um can't remember that one he did uh, but he was writing westerns and and he he was writing something that even you know Nichelle Nichols and uh, uh Leonard Nimoy was in before um Star Trek so I mean so I got I got really I was interested in rewatching Star Trek cuz I heard about this story this 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 tie-in with Roddenberry and the Nine and the channeling information and that they were talking about you know alien species and and a and a, they were talking about a what was it some type of quarantine on the planet and uh, they were they were giving all this kind of you know spooky information right high high spookery. And uh, so I, I thought, gosh, I really want to rewatch Star Trek and, and, and tie it into the nine and, and all of that. So then I went and I watched all the episodes. So today I just wanted to go over, you know, my top episodes in Star Trek. And I'll, I'll mention, you know, there's there's 20 that I really liked. I, I, I'll focus primarily on the top nine. Uh, but... Um, one of my takeaways after watching Star Trek again was how good Shatner was. I mean, Shatner, Shatner was Tom Brady, right? Shatner was Muhammad Ali. He was the great, and I love Star Trek. I love all the other series and this and that. A lot of the characters, but there was nothing like Shatner. Shatner, and, and uh, Roddenberry's first choice was Shatner. But then he couldn't get Shatner, and then he had to run the pilot with um, uh, Jeffrey Hunter, um, and that didn't work out well. And then they had to rerun the pilot, which is very rare to have happen. But Lucy Arnaz was, you know, this it was all done by Desi Lu. Another thing you got if you liked Star Trek, you like this uh, this doc series called The Center Seat: Fifty Five Years of Star Trek. That was a genius doc series. Uh, really gets into the how it was made. It, it took. It was a remarkable story how it got made. But going into Star Trek itself, what, what I found just so uh, compelling how well it was written uh, for television at that day, and how interesting the stories were, 
and the plotting. I mean, it was true episode. It was episodic gold uh, where everything is, you know, nothing is tied together. Like everything today is serialized, right? So every, and even Kurtzman track, that's one of the drawbacks of Kurtzman's track. It, it's, it's been serialized for binging, right? And there's something to be said for that for certain genres, but I think Star Trek is best episodic. You know, you got your set and your setting, you got your players, you do your thing, and then that's done, that's in the can, that's over, we do something that builds off of that, obviously, and there's some callbacks, but they're all separate. And that's why it works so well in syndication, because you didn't have to watch it in a specific order. Uh, they, they, you can, you can, you know, just you know, start at any point really in, in those first 80 episodes. Uh, I don't think you could do that as much. You could do that with next gen, but there's some things that, that would be, uh, difficult to be seeing the Borg as your first episodes, right? You, you want to, you want to build into that, but some of my favorite episodes, uh, I would say some of the ones that really reach out to me were like the Gamesters of uh, Triskelion. That's the one where uh, they Kirk and and Chekhov and and Uhura go down to the planet, and they're 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 made slaves, and they have to battle in these or this arena kind of setting. And uh, it's it's really you know one of those episodes that they focus on slavery. There's a couple of them, but the, I really I just, it's a cheesy episode. Uh, it's pretty ridiculous, and like the three brains at the end. But I, I enjoyed the high cheese. I enjoyed the crazy costumes. The baked potato girl—they call her the baked potato. She looked like she had like tin foil on. Um, that was a fun one. Arena is another one. The one with the Gorn. I'd say that's my nineteenth favorite. The, and I love the Gorn episode. It is tough. Uh, that one in particular, I wish they could do something digitally to enhance the the Gorn costume is just terrible. It's just terrible, but it's fun still. And the way that they have this combat on this planet, um, to you know, uh, and that you know your your high your high Elohim kind of you know divine being is is orchestrating it all. And that Kirk has to use, he, he's no match for the Gorn physically, but he has to use his ingenuity and he has to come up with a way to, to make gunpowder to take out the Gorn. I love that one. Doomsday Machine. Doomsday Machine, my 18th favorite, is is so interesting because that's one of the ones where the digital remastering and redoing some of the special effects helps tremendously i always thought that was terrible it looked like this paper mache cigar going through space it was terrible but now with the good special effects it's a really good story and uh you know just this derelict ancient machine killing planet killing ship killing creature killing just non-stop you know eater kind of like a death star it was a death star and that admiral um decker uh had you know lost his ship and he wanted revenge and he went crazy and i, I love that and i love the callback decker to the decker from star trek the movie that's the same uh, decker so the deckers have these really big entrances into star trek i would love to see another decker in another star trek 
post Kurtzman, please. Uh, Dagger in the Mine. I really like Dagger in the Mine because uh, my that's my 17th favorite. That one's kind of an MK Ultra callback. So that that kind of throws me into this this you know it was a penal colony and they were doing some kind of uh, you know um, new uh, treatments. Uh, to to make prisoners docile and happy and you know reform them right L- L- aka you know alex in uh clockwork orange but um i actually like the actress who plays the psychiatrist that goes down psychologist that goes down with kirk and just i love the madman and he he was in another episode the guy that that played the madman uh, that they, they, they claimed he was a madman, but he was actually a doctor who'd been experimented on. Uh, that was a great episode, but it definitely had a little MK Ultra, you know, mind control, uh, you know, creating disassociation and alters and all that. So I love that episode. Enemy Within is uh, my 16th favorite. And the reason I love that one, it's Richard Matheson. It's from the first season. And... Um, Richard Matheson is one of the greatest short story writers in history. Um, you know, I Am Legend, you know, Omega Man was one of the great ones he did, and the, the, the Incredible Shrinking Man. He also wrote uh, Bid Time Return, which Somewhere in Time was based on. So that particular episode where Kirk ha- has been transported in a transporter malfunction, and we take, you know, his id... And one part of him, and then his super ego on another, you know. And so it's this good and bad part of Kirk fighting each other, and it's a ridiculous episode. But it has, you know, I I, I thought when I started that one, I thought, oh, I don't think I like this one. I, I remember not liking it, but I appreciated it more. The story arc made sense and uh, just kind of reveal what the true nature of man, the good and the bad. Um. So getting into my top 15th, by any other name, I really, really enjoy that one because they go to this planet and there's um, these, 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 you know, aliens there, but they have these belts on and they're able to control, there is, be able to control almost like time, space and matter. They're, these are like ubermensch um creatures and when they they get duped down to the planet for a distress call and then they find out oh no you're our ride uh and you're now you're insects to us and then he they shrink them down to these little so they're able to freeze dry the people down to these cubes and then they show like if they do something naughty like kirk tried to you know jack with them so then they 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 take one of the cubes and they crush it in his hand you know it's like wow, that was brutal. And then that there are these beings, they're light beings, and they created these human bodies, but they don't know how to deal with their human emotions. And Kirk uses that against them. And I remember the girl in it is just gorgeous, gorgeous. And I, I just and I liked the leader, and I, I thought the overall episode was quite quite fun. Um, Oh, for the world is hollow, and I t- and I have to touch the sky. That one's about a, a, a. I just thought that the concept was so cool that McCoy finally got one 
that was all about him and that he got the girl. And it's about this asteroid where all these people think they're on a planet. So they beam into this asteroid and they're like, what is going on here? It's like a holographic projection where they all think they're on a planet. But it's a spaceship going to a planet to seed them. Uh, for the future. So it was a long, long voyage. It was a voyage of generation after generation. And so they, the, 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 the founders, the, uh, the progenitors of this culture, um, you know, created this false reality for them so that they can make it uh, to their new world. And then there's this AI that controls everybody. And then McCoy, uh, get and they 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 chip people. I, I thought I thought that part. I thought the 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 nature of reality being warped and the chipping of people. And anytime they get out of line, they get zapped hard. And that McCoy is is dying in this episode. He's got some incurable disease. So he's like, I'm done. And this girl falls for him. She's hot. He never gets the girl. And he says, I want to stay there, Jim and Spock. And they let him. And what a great, it was just a good episode. Uh, and that they they end up, long story short, getting into the files and they, uh, they, they, they're they able to, to figure out how to defeat the AI machine that's controlling everybody. And they get into the files and then they find the cure for McCoy. And then McCoy's cured. And he, and he decides, you know what? This was great, honey, but see ya. I'm leaving the asteroid. So, but it was a fun McCoy episode. Uh, Savage Curtain. Of all the gimmicky episodes, I, I think of the gimmicky ones. The you know, uh, a piece of the action with you know Chicago mobsters, uh, bread and circus with the Romans. You know, they have all these ones. Plato's stepchild with the Greeks. They have all these gimmicky ones. Uh, one with uh, you know, um, Shadow of the Gun. Specter of the Gun, the Old West. They have all these throwback ones. Most of them, you know, they're just cheesy and they're fun and they're 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 popcorn episodes, but they're not they're not meaty episodes. They're not like the best of. But Savage Curtain, the one where uh, Abe Lincoln comes back, I really do like that episode. Where the there's this there's there's this race of being and they're really intelligent. They freeze the Enterprise. They bring them onto the planet, which is a lava flow planet, and they're able to create a space where Kirk and Spock and um, Abe Lincoln and and Sarak, I think his name is Sarak. That's a that's a Vulcan hero. They have to go against these you know this evil Klingon and this Captain Green guy that was an evil human, and I think there's an evil. Oh, Genghis Khan and then some bad Klingon and they have to they go to war private little war there and the, the biggest thing is help me Spock help me help me Jim help me it's cheesy but it was a really fun episode the guy that played Abe Lincoln was awesome Naked Time that's the one that's my 12th favorite that's the one where they have there's a virus. That is the earliest episode that was good. I think of the first like season, there was a lot of wobbly episodes. Thank God for uh, Naked Time. I think it was it was the fourth episode. That 
Well, and also, you know, Enemy Within was the fifth episode. But they get this virus, and this virus is highly contagious, and it makes them, like, intoxicated, like, to an uber level. And then they start to go insane. And Sulu kind of loses it. He becomes a swashbuckler. And Spock gets in touch with his feelings, and everybody gets affected. But there's this guy, Riley. He's a he's an Irishman, and he starts... He, he gets an auxiliary control and shuts down the ship and starts singing, I gave you home again, Kathleen. And he keeps singing that Kathleen song over and oh, I'll take you home again, Kathleen. He's over and over. That's one of the best moments in Star Trek. And, and Spock and Kurt, everybody's going crazy, can't believe. And he's like, I'm going to sing it one more time. And just that virus episode is so good. And then they re they did a sequel to it, Naked Now in Next Generation, because it's such a good throwback episode. Trouble with Tribbles is is one of the funnest episodes. You know, you got Klingons, you got dickhead, um, you bureaucrats, and then you got you know that uh, that uh, what's his name, Artemis Jones, Solomon Jones. The, the 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 big guy that has the that oh that uh, you know he 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 brought the tribbles on and then he doesn't doesn't explain that they you know they procreate and they you know they they multiply so fast and then they're they're the whole thing is about a space station with the with the grain shipment and then this grain is very necessary for this planet that's starving and and that the triple that is just the best comedic episode in Star Trek history that I can recall of the original series. Absolutely, uh, I think it won some awards too. I think it won. Uh, I, I was reading it. It won some awards, so um, that was fun. So in my top ten, Enterprise incident that that episode was uh, where they. Um, Oh, that's the first one where they do some espionage. And I was like, what's going on with this one? You know, but and, and I watched it the first time. I thought, gosh, do I like that? And then I had to rewatch it. I was like, yeah, I really I liked it because it was a departure from normal Star Trek where they're mostly explorers. But this one, they have to go. They, they Kirk has to pretend like he has lost his mind and Spock has to kind of woo this hot Romulan who's into him and all because they want to get um, the cloaking device. And then Kirk has to get altered into a Romulan and you don't know what's going on. And the only ones that knew were in on it were Spock and Kirk and everybody was in the dark. And it was a good, you know, kind of black ops episode to piggyback with that would be balance of terror. That was in the first season, and that was a battle between. That was the first meeting with the Romulans, and uh, that was a chess match between Kirk and that that Romulan um, um, captain. And it was such a good. And they both had each other, and they 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 handled that battle with you know honor, and they had some respect for each other, and. Uh, you know, Mark Leonard, who also played Spock's dad uh, later, uh, such a good actor. That that was really one of the best acted 
uh, of the early episodes by far. Um, that goes right into the Menagerie 1 and 2. The cool thing about the Menagerie, it was actually they were able to take the pilot that didn't work, the cage, with Jeffrey Hunter playing Captain Pike. And they turned that into just a brilliant, I think it's the only uh, one of the original series that was a two-parter. And we had a court case. And then we had a, you know, we, they just did such a good job taking that original content from the um, pilot, turning it into two episodes, make it very compelling, uh, and made it all work. Uh, and, and you know, Pike is one of those enigmatic characters that is uh, you know, one of people's favorites. And that's why, you know, Pike has his own show now on uh, Paramount+. Plus. So I love the menagerie. Tholian Web. Now, in and of itself, it's not a great episode, but I I put it as one of the best because I I love the you know Kirk is dead, Kirk is lost, and then I love that they bring in the new race Tholians, and then they're 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 down you know they don't even have impulse they're 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 paralyzed and they're building that web and it's going to trap them, which ended up trapping another ship. Um, in a, you know, in, in next gen, they, they talked about that, that the Tholian web is a really nasty thing to get caught in. So they're hours away from getting caught in the Tholian web. Kirk has, as is in this space suit and he's out in space and he's like phasing in and out of reality. And, uh, but they think he's dead, but he's, he's kind of in this in and out phase. Some people are seeing Ohura sees him. Some people see him and Spock doesn't buy it until he sees him. But the thing about that episode that was really cool is, is Kirk is pronounced dead and it's all about bones and Spock's relationship. And to see those two interact without, cause see Kirk really does a good job balancing those two right he is the the glue of those two's relationship and to see those two have to work together without jim is is some of the best stuff in star trek um and 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 it really it really works in tholian's web uh seeing them have to work together and have to you know respect jim's wishes on his his uh you know I think he has, he has some kind of like a, a videoed will and they have to, to go and 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 listen to that and, and comply with that. And that was great. And that goes right into all our yesterdays. That's my sixth favorite episode. That one is the one where there's the um, there's the library. They go down to this planet. It's about to die to be destroyed the whole population's gone they go into this library that they're able to go to different points of time um it, and and there's a um there's a curator and he's he's been cloned and but they have these the ability to go all these different points of time and they're they're checking out and they're they're, they're the clock is ticking their their planet is about to be destroyed and they they are checking out uh, some of these um, doorways to other times, and they hear a scream. And Kirk goes in there, and all of a sudden, Kirk's in uh, uh, during the Inquisition in in France, and uh, that was really that was good in and of itself. And then Spock and and McCoy follow after him, but a couple seconds later. 
and they end up in a frozen tundra. Okay, so and and, and three thousand years earlier, and the Kirk storyline's good, and he he works his way out. But the the again the Spock McCoy dynamic, McCoy is is uh, he's not doing well. He got hurt somehow. And uh, I think he got chilled or something. The weather got to him. And uh, and then there's this woman, this gorgeous babe. And Spock falls in love. And he's becoming primal because he's now a Vulcan 3,000 years earlier where they are more savage. And uh, it's such a good... And then the interaction between him and McCoy is just masterful. Top five now. Devil in the Dark. That's the episode where they they are trying to help these miners that are having all these 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 uh, miner you know um, miners die in this mining uh, facility, and they're they're mining. I don't I don't think it's dilithium. It's some it's some kind of really rare earth resource, and then they find that there's this monster. There's this creature that is uh, killing the miners and then they 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 encounter the creature and it's 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 basically a a, a creep the creature episode right a monster episode and then they find out well you know this monster isn't so bad kirk analyzes it and says you know he's he's really not attacking me and uh he's got his phaser there and and so to see spock vulcan mind meld with that creature and then to see that the creature is protecting its young. And then to see that it's injured. And then to see McCoy come down to, 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 to you know, Kirk wants him to help. And McCoy says, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. And just the, the whole dynamic of that episode was so hu- so humane, so, so... Uh, you know, and then they hear all the pain that the creature was in and how the miners were killing all of its babies. And then they, they found this symbiotic way to work together. It was such a fulfilling episode. Uh, I thought, I didn't realize how great it was as a kid, but, you know, in over time, it, it really held up. A Muck Time, first episode of the second season was brilliant. That's where uh, Spock's going through the, the, I think it's called the, Pung Far, Pung, Pung, uh, Pung Far, and it's like every so many years Vulcans have to go back to the planet, or they have some kind of. It's almost like they're having. Uh, I want. I want to say menopause or something like that, but they're having. They're having some kind. Of, they're going through puberty again, right? It's a Vulcan puberty that comes onto them. A number of times and they've got to go back to Vulcan and so they got to go back to, and then we find out that he's you know um he is betrothed he's got he's got a, a a betrothal to this woman that he hasn't seen in to Pring in many many years and uh and, and it's just such a, a an enjoyable episode to see you know Spock kind of going through this funk and then there's this crazy twist where kirk ends up having to fight uh, spock because she pulls a logic bomb on all of them and uh uh figures out a way to get what she wants by having those two fight and it's just a and and there's this um there's this um 
Vulcan wise woman. I think her name is, um, what is her name? Tapau. Yeah, she's like the badass uh, Vulcan uh, matriarch. Great episode. Just, just tremendous. Number three, Space Seed. Now, that Space Seed is the episode that the sequel was Wrath of Khan, the second Star Trek movie, the best Star Trek movie, hands down, best Star Trek movie. And um, re-watching that, Ricardo Monobon was so good, but it was such a clever story, and it, it brought in the 20th century and how we were, you know, the, I think it was the 21st century or 22nd century, the world was doing a bunch of eugenics and they were, uh, you know, it was transhumanism and proving humans and Khan and his spacey went out into space because they were no longer really wanted on the planet because the planet Earth no longer wanted tyrant rulers that were eugenicists, uh, ubermensch superhumans. And so... When they just the, the whole episode is masterclass. Uh, they were able to do so much in so little time to develop that con character, to bring in the um, the um, they had a, a an extra historian character that just falls head over heels for him. I mean, it was just like she just instantaneously just you're mine, <laughs> you know. And he just he, he seduced her. But the seduction, the development, the acting of Ricardo Monobon, um, and just, you know, the overall story and how, how they were able to take the ship so fast and uh, how they were able to um, come to resolution and how Kirk decided to, you know, spare them and, and allow them to actually do what they originally wanted to do, start a society on a planet. It was just Masterclass, one of the best Star Trek episodes by far. Number two, Mirror Mirror. Everybody loves Mirror Mirror. And, there, and the reason why you know that is true is, uh, well, Star Trek Continues did a sequel to Mirror Mirror. Um, uh, Deep Space Nine did a, uh, a, a homage to, to Mirror Mirror. And the whole first season of Star Trek Discovery was focusing on Mirror Mirror. And that's the Mirror Universe where uh, you got the the evil Spock with the with the uh, goatee, and uh, it's all about the Terran Empire, where they're you know they're just savage. They're they're a warrior pirate, um, you know oligarchy uh, plutocracy they're just they're all about you know um you know conquest that's that's their whole focus but just to see like the evil spock and the evil who wasn't who wasn't that evil he was logical but he was just working within his framework but the the that was like george takai's best moments in star trek by far and even uh Everybody, you know, I, I thought I thought Ohura was really really sexy in that one. That was uh, uh, Nichelle Nichols really just uh, uh, you know looked great in that one. And then and then uh, Kirk had a a girlfriend in the Mirror Universe that was uh, you know she was she was dynamite. I forgot her name. Uh, oh yeah yeah, that was. 
Moria, Moria, I think that was Moria. She was great. And there was this device that Kirk had to hold power, the Tantalus field, and he would be able to vape people from a distance. Um, so everybody was kind of paranoid about, you know, the evil Kirk. But all aspects of that episode was great. I think Star Trek continues did a dynamite job doing a whole episode located in the Terran universe with uh, from their perspective. So I thought that was great. But yeah, just a fun episode. That's one of those ones you got to watch every every once in a while. And then number one episode all time. It's it's pretty standard. Everybody kind of likes uh, you know city uh, you know. Um, city on the edge of the universe, uh, city, city on the edge of forever, city on the edge of forever. It won a Hugo award. The actual writer, Harlan Ellison, they do a whole thing about this in, um, uh, the, uh, center seat series, uh, where they talk about how he wrote the whole episode and it was supposed to be, it wasn't supposed to be McCoy that went crazy. It was supposed to be a guy that was somebody in engineering who was a drug dealer, and he, he he took all of his drugs and he went crazy. And that's how it was supposed to start. And it wasn't really as much of a love story. It was different originally. And then, and then Roddenberry rewrote it and added some elements to it and made McCoy the, um, the, 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 protagon- the, the antagonist of the episode to start with. And, you know, you got time travel... Uh, you got, uh, you know, uh, pre-World uh, War II. Um, you got Joan Collins before she did Dynasty and she became a heavy. She was really good. And there was just a real chemistry between him, her, and and Shatner. And uh, Spock having to come up with a way to... Uh, to uh, to exit that timeline uh, with um, tubes, bulbs, and and tubes, and and you know just and and that the, they were having to you know work in the soup kitchen and and just all that and then how they you know they were waiting for McCoy and uh, and then how they had to let her die so that history wouldn't be changed where the Nazis would have taken over because the the americans america would have never gotten into world war ii if edith keeter edith uh what was her name edith keeler yeah and uh if she she uh wasn't on the scene so kirk has to let her die it's just it's 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 pulls every string um and it, it, it was kind of a, it was real depressed. It was the most depressing ending to see Kirk, you know, just distraught. It's like, like no, like they're like, should we analyze the study of this no more and maybe, uh, you know, do do some do some work here. That's our job, you know, seek out new life and new civilization. No, let's get the hell out of here, boys. <laughs> you know, I'm done. <laughs> so. That was a tremendous episode. So just a just a good time watching Star Trek. I, great storytelling. Uh, I'll probably do something a little bit more esoteric, but I did want to, for the record, get my top twenty episodes down. 
And uh, hopefully that wasn't too painful. But hopefully you get out there and watch the first season and and beyond. Uh, so thanks for listening. And never forget to...